Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. I'm in Matthew chapter number 16. Matthew 16 and uh, and verse number 1. Pat and I have been able to go. The Lord's blessed us and she, she's... He's blessed her with a job that she could go and be with me most of the time. Sometimes I have to travel alone, but it's rare. As long as she can bring her computer, she can do her work. And as we're traveling down the road, headed to a revival here, there, wherever, and I get hungry, which is a regular event, I'll start saying, hey, have you seen a sign? Have you seen a sign? Hey, where's that next Cracker Barrel? Well, that food's the same. I don't care where you're at. I've eaten it from Michigan to Mississippi. It, it's all the same. Or Bob Evans, once you get up north, it's Bob Evans. They're all the same too. But have you seen it? I'm hungry. Have you seen a sign? And so we wait till we see a sign, and the sign points us to what I'm looking for. And when I get, when I see what I'm looking for, then that's where I'm, that's where I wind up, Brother Jimmy. So in chapter 16 of Matthew, say, what's that got to do with this message? You stay with me. I'm going to preach this morning on here's your sign. Here's your sign. Matthew chapter 16, verse number one, have you found it? Shout amen. amen. The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came. That's an unusual event right there. The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came and tempting desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, ye say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky, but can ye not discern the signs of the times? Father, I love you. I praise you for the day, the time, the opportunity to be in the house of the Lord. God, you've dealt, you've dealt with me on this particular passage. I, I could not leave this passage alone. It just came flooding back to me over and over again. Show the sign to someone today. Do your work. Fill my mouth. Guard my tongue. Preach me with accuracy inside the bounds of this holy book. God, give every person inside this building an ear to hear today. For God, by the, we hear by the Spirit. The Spirit enables us to hear your word. God, use me one more time. Let me preach like a dying man to dying people. God, be glorified in this piece of flesh. I'll praise you. I ask you to save someone. I ask you to reclaim a backslider. I pray, God, you do what only you can do and do it for your glory. And I ask it in my king's name, Jesus. Amen. And amen. I want y'all to preach this morning on that thought. Here's your sign. I'm big. Uh, let me define sign or signs, it's, it's one and the same in the, in, the, in the Bible. When you see the word sign or you see the word signs, 
It, it'll, it carries the same definition. So sign or signs in the Old Testament, it means this. It means a signal, a mark, a miracle, a token. It means a signal, a mark, a miracle, or a token. Now in the New Testament, means much the same thing, even though it's, uh, uh, it's defined in the Greek, used in the Greek in the New Testament. It exists in the New Testament, means miracle, token, or wonder. Miracle, token, or wonder. You're going to find this first mentioned in Genesis 1 and 14. Now, I'm going to flip over here and read this uh, just, just, just to, for clarification. You can read along if you'd like or you can just listen. But in Genesis, on the fourth day, Genesis 1 and 14, God said, and God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. So there's going to be two, let them, plural, be for signs. It's going to be, it's going to be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. Now, at this, this is all pre-law. The law of God's not been given as of yet. Are you with me? But he knows rolling down the road, they're going to need to see the signs, and he's given that. Now, what is a sign? It's a signal, it's a mark, it's a miracle, it's a token. So he's given this here for a signal or a mark. The miracle is yet to come. Well, the miracle was in the creation alone. What a miracle that God could be able to do this. He spoke it into existence. So here we have the first mention of the word signs. Let it be for signs. When we see the first mention of the word, of the word sign, it's in Exodus 4 and 8. Say, so what has this got to do with anything? Stay with me. The first one, the first, the signs was, was to, for the seasons for a marking, plural, for the two, the, for the two lights. In order, this sign was to give light. Don't lose that. This sign was to illuminate, to give light. Are you with me? Now, in Exodus, stay with me. I'm not trying to take anything out of context. But in Exodus chapter 4, verse 8, you can mark that down and read it later. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe thee, neither hearken to the voice of the first sign. What is this sign? Mark, a miracle, a token, a signal. If they will not hearken to the voice of the first sign, that they will believe the voice of the latter sign. So when we see the word sign, meaning the same thing, it's a token, a miracle, here it is, a mark or a signal, in the first mention, we know that by the law of first mention, first time anything's mentioned in the Bible, it carries that theme throughout the entire book unless otherwise stated. So when he says signs, plural, you're looking for a signal, a miracle, a token. So that's the first. Then when you see signs, singular, I'm in deep water right here this morning. Signs is what? Plural. Sign is what? Singular. When you see the signs, it has to do with the light. Are you with me? What does that mean concerning the light? It means there's more than one. Are you still with me? So when you see the first mention of signs, it's plural. It means there's more than one. 
When you see the first mention of the word sign, it's singular. It means, it means this. They wouldn't hear the first sign, but they'll hear the latter sign. Is anybody here? So they don't, now I'm not, Pat says sometimes you get things and you expect everybody to get it and they don't get it the way you got it. Well, amen. Now we find them, hold that thought. What was it, I'm going to beat you to death with this till we all know it. What was it in, in Genesis, the first mention of signs, plural, it is, it is, it's speaking to the light. Or lights, plural. Are you with me? Now when it comes to the first word, sign, singular, in Exodus, he's saying they won't hear the first one. This is talking about Moses there. When he stuck his hand in and it become leprous, he pulled it out, it wasn't leprous. He picked up, he threw down the rod, it become a serpent. He picked up the rod and it was wood once again. I could go off on a tangent right there, but I won't. So we see that singular and they wouldn't hear the first one but they'll hear the latter one. Now I think in the first five books of the Bible, you got everything that's going to come to, it's all the New Testament concealed, but the New Testament's the Old Testament revealed. We have, it tells everything we need in the first five books. That's why when Jesus answered the devil, he answered out of Deuteronomy, it is written, thus being the word of God. Okay, with holding that in thought, holding that, Gabe, in thought, the first one's plural is lights, the second singular is, is speaking of this, the first and the last, or the first and the latter. Singular. Now, hear me. Asking in, in, in 16, Matthew 16 here, they're asking for a sign from heaven. They're asking for a sign from heaven. We would like to, so in Matthew 12, I've got to set all this up. It won't take long. In Matthew 12, they'd already asked for a sign. But they didn't ask for a sign from heaven. They just asked for a sign. We're talking about the Pharisees and Sadducees. And it's rare that them two groups come together. It would be like the Republicans and the Democrats agreeing on something. Now, are you with me? That's how big a difference they was right here with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They didn't like each other. Both of them thought they were right. And, and both of them thought the other one was wrong. So here they are. They've come. First they asked him in Matthew 12 for a sign. But they don't mention heaven. Now they couldn't ask him for a sign. He'd been giving them signs and wonders. He's healing blind people. He's feeding 5,000. He's doing all these works, all these things. So the signs were evident. Here's your sign. So when they come to Matthew 16, they say, hey, well, let's see a sign from heaven. We've seen these other things. Let's see one from heaven. Now, probably because they knew the law, they're asking for this. It's like in, let me get my scripture right, like in Samuel, 1 Samuel 12 and 18. When they'd asked for a king, Samuel said, God's your king, you don't need a king, but they wanted a king to be like everybody else. So, Samuel said, for a sign, knowing God's going to permit this, and that I speak of the word of God, here's what's going to happen. In the harvest, which this never happened in the time of the wheat harvest, he said, I'm going to pray the Lord. He's going to let it thunder, and it's going to pour the rain. 
Where was that? Where was that miracle from? Heaven. That sign's from heaven. Stay with me. Maybe that's what they're referring to. Make it thunder or make it rain. Maybe, listen, maybe it's like Isaiah 38 when he's speaking of when Hezekiah gets sick and the Assyrians, he said, I'm not going to let them take the city and I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to make the sundial go back 10 degrees. I'm just going to tell you, ain't nobody can do that but God. Every time a storm comes, the meteorologist says, it's coming from here, it's coming from there. I think every now and then God says, watch this. Just so we don't get too big for our britches. And there it is. Maybe that's what it is. Let us see you turn the sundial back 10 degrees. Can I tell you, the one that made the sun, he could have not only turned it back 10 degrees, he could have caused it to go out that day if he had wanted to. Hey, he could have said, no more shining, Mr. Sun, and that thing would have been as dark as midnight. They're seeking a sign from heaven. He tells them, the only sign you're going to get is the one of Jonah. Where did that happen? That happened here. What happened to Jonah? He's three days Nights in the belly of the whale. That's where I'm going to be. I'm going to be in the heart of the earth. Nobody comprehended that. What is he talking about? You want to see a sign? Here's your sign. Now, in the Old Testament, so when they asked him for this sign, he had already given them a bunch of signs, but I picked three, and then I'm going to give you four points, and I can do all this in 20 minutes, I promise. So I want us to go, first he give a sign and a promise. In Isaiah 7 and 14 when he said, he said, ask the Lord for a sign. For behold, a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a child and shall call him Emmanuel, which means being interpreted God with us. That means God with us. I'll give you a sign. The king said, I won't ask for a sign. He said, I'll give you a sign anyway. Do you know what that tells me, Richard? He has given us signs whether we wanted one or not. We may not have asked for it, but I'm telling you, friend, here's your sign. The signs are everywhere. Look here. First, he gave him the sign and a promise. Then I picked this word, Pat said that you shouldn't pick that. But in Isaiah 55 and 13, I'm just going to read that to you. In, in Isaiah 55 and 13, he gives one in perpetuity, which means it's going to last forever. He gives that in 55 and 13 when he says this. He says, instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. It shall be to the Lord for a name for an everlasting sign. Perpetual, continual, everlasting. I'm going to give this to you. Hey, this thing's going to keep going. You know what? Here's your sign. But three, he comes to Ezekiel. How many people know that God calls Ezekiel son of man? You know the other one that's referred to as son of man? Who? Thank you, A plus right there. Jesus is referred to as the son of man. Here's what he said. Here's what he said in Ezekiel. 12 and 6. Now, I'm going to read this to you. Stay with me. Don't, don't fall out on me. I didn't mark these because I thought some of you might want to turn to it as well. 
But in Ezekiel 12 and 6, he says this, concerning Ezekiel, he calls him the son of man. Well, if I can get my pages stuck together here. I know what you feel like, Brother Donnie. I've got my, I didn't have my notes on this. I didn't have my bookmark. 12, and I'm just nearly there. Stay with me. 12 and 6, he says this concerning, in their sight shall they're buried upon your shoulders and carry it forth in the twilight that thou shalt cover thy face, thou shalt not see the ground, for I have set thee for a sign unto the house of Israel. Singular. I've set you for a sign unto the house of Israel. I've set you for a sign, a particular. So we see signs given in promise. We see signs given in perpetuity. We see signs given in a person. Is anybody in the page with me? You know who I'm talking about? It's not too hard to figure out. We come to, we come to Matthew 16. They're asking for a sign from heaven. I'm telling you, the sign was standing in front of them. He's the promise of Isaiah. He's the, listen, he's the perpetuity of Isaiah. He's the continual thing that has no beginning or end. In Isaiah 55, that's a great chapter. His ways aren't our ways. Seek you the Lord while he may be found. Just You could preach two months out of Isaiah 55. There it is given. It's there for everlasting. That's him. He's the beginning and the end. He's Alpha and Omega. There is none like him. He hath no beginning. Praise God, he's got no end. Say, explain that. It's above my pay grade. I just know what it says. I tell you what it says. The Spirit of God comes and confirms that in your heart, that it's true, and then you respond. Now, here's the sign. That's all my introduction. We see the three signs given there. We that see the sign in the lights, plural. What did the Lord say about us? What did he say that we would be called? Of the who? Oh my goodness. Is there more than one light in here today? Let every born again Christian in this room raise your hand. Praise God, everyone been born again by the Spirit of God into the family of God, placed in the body of God. You know what you are? You are a light. And let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify Kenneth the, heaven, the Father which is in heaven. We are a light, plural. Hey, I, believe that, I believe that from Genesis 1 and 14 reaches all the way to today. You're the light. I created this. I gave a sign. You know what you are? You're a walking billboard. Hey, everywhere you go, God expects your light to shine. They should see something about you that's different than everybody else. Hey, you are the light of this world. Don't expect lost people to know what you know. Don't expect lost people to act and live the way you do. Because what has light to do with darkness? Nothing. Amen. So should we say that? Sure. You know what? Here's your sign. When you get in amongst them, you know what you're at? Somebody told me one time, and for a long time I was convicted by this. I wouldn't, I, Pat and I drove around Knoxville one night for two hours trying to find somewhere to eat, didn't serve alcohol. I about starved out. I thought I'm going to have to settle for a, a run for the border or a McDonald's. In both them places, uh, well, I won't get into all that. 
But their corporate money does things that I don't approve of. I was somewhere in the revival one time. This old guy's up preaching. He said, bless God. Said, I went in this restaurant and said, there's alcohol everywhere. I thought, well, look here. He said, that bunch of heathens sitting there eating. He said, they brought me my food. He said, and I bowed my head and I started talking to my father. He said, the next thing I know, I'm a praying loud. I don't mean to do it. They just something come on me and the next thing I know, I'm talking about the grace of God, the resurrection, the blood, praise God, and thank you for the food. Amen. He said, I'd have never got to preach that to that bunch had I not been in the restaurant with them. I said, Jesus, eat with publicans and sinners. Now, I don't order their alcohol. And when they bring, every time I sit down, I must look like a drunk. They say, you want a wine list? I'm drinking a different kind of wine. There we have the sinners. There Jesus says, we are the sign. We're the light of the world. You're a walking billboard. Listen to this. Listen, my friends. The first time he come as a sign, they wouldn't see it. They wouldn't see it the first time. But Jesus told them in Exodus 4 and 8, he said, but they'll hear it the latter time. They'll hear it the next time. Now, I know that has a near and far prophecy. Near that the first time Moses said it to them, they wouldn't believe him. But after all the signs and wonders, they believed it. He come to the Jew first and also to the Greek. But when he came into his own, his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe upon his name. What does that mean? That means, hey, praise God, the second time he comes, they're going to hear him. And them signs and wonders continue from the first to the second throughout his time of coming. Number one today, in 10 minutes, I can preach this. I think the greatest of signs was the crucifixion. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But to us that are saved, it's the power of God. It's foolishness to the world. How can a beaten, bloody body, how can a man hanging on a cross, shedding his blood. I mean, he's, they've drained him. His blood's all over the Roman soldiers. It's all over, it's all over the place. Dusty asked me one time, he said, Dad, did you ever think about this? He said, what about the guys that took Jesus down off the cross? I said, oh, yeah, I've thought about that. He said, no, you're not getting it. He said, do you think, do you think about what happened to them when they took him down, what happened? He said, they got bloody all over There's no wonder that old Joseph of Arimathea was never the same again. It's no wonder that Nicodemus may have been a silent Christian to start with, but he wasn't anymore. Listen, when he come down off the cross, the blood had to get all over them. And he's washed us from our sin in his own blood. The crucifixion, I think, is the greatest sign. And I... If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. We see the crucifixion. In John 19, 30, Jesus said this. Jesus is on the cross. And the hide's hanging off his back. And the crown of thorns is pressed down on his head. 
and they streams of blood running across his face. I think that's significant in, in Exodus 4 and 8 there when he said your face will be covered and you can't see the ground. When he opened his eyes, he couldn't see nothing but his own blood. The reason he knew John and his mama was standing there is because he heard their voice. He heard their voice. He knew who it was. And there he is. And the blood's pouring down. And he bows his lovely head. I mean, how can a beaten, bruised, bloody body be considered beautiful? Oh, the beautiful cross. If it's not for that perfect Lamb of God, I'm dead in my trespass and sin this morning and I'm headed to hell. But oh, he bowed his head in John 19, 30 and he said, it is finished. This is not recorded in the Bible, but it implies this. The holy God of glory said, satisfied. They killed millions of lambs in the past. None of them could do anything but the living lamb of God satisfied the sin problem. We see it. The great sign in the crucifixion. We see the great sign in this, in his resurrection. I know it's not resurrection Sunday, but praise God we're getting close. Matthew 27 and 66. They, here's what they told the, the Roman soldiers. They said... Here's what they said. They said, concerning the sepulcher, said, make it sure. They took that body. They put him in the tomb. They said, make that sepulcher sure. He said this about it. He said, and seal the stone. And then not only make it sure and seal the stone, but I want you to set a watch. Jack Lester said, why are they guarding a dead man if they don't think he's going to get up? When all the gangsters of yesteryear was taken to a graveyard, the people knew when they dropped that man in the box in the ground and covered him up, it was the end of that guy. Not so with Jesus. I think the great sign is the crucifixion and the resurrection. Matthew 28 and 6, the angels shows up and says, he said, he is not here. He is risen like he said. Here's your sign. I know a lot of you haven't been to Israel and looked in that hole with Brother Grover and I, and they call it Gordon's tomb, but they present enough evidence. Uh, it's pretty. It's got a, if it's not it, it's one just like it. And here's what they say when you go in or when you're coming out, he is risen. You come in, he's not here. You're going out, the sign said he is risen. I'm going to tell you, that hole's empty. There ain't nothing there but rocks and dirt. Just the dust. Praise God, he's not there. You go to any other religious ruler, leader of this world, and you open their tomb up, you know what you'll find? Bones. People don't want to see the sign. Listen, friend. Here's the sign. What is this sign? This sign is it. This sign is this. Listen, it's his crucifixion. It's his resurrection. But then we find in Acts 1, 8 through 11, we find after 40 days, Jesus standing on the hillside of the Mount of Olivet. And here's what he said. He said, 
You said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be, you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in, Samaria, and in Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And, and while they stood there, said a cloud received him out of their sight. What a sign, the ascension. And there he goes. And as they looked steadfastly into heaven, these two men stood by them in white apparel and said, You men of Galilee, why stand ye here gazing into heaven? This same Jesus that you see taken up from you shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go. You know what that tells me? He's a coming back. He's a coming back. We see his crucifixion, what a sign. We see his resurrection, what a sign. We see his ascension. What a sign. We've only read those. We've seen, we've seen the empty tomb. But I'd read about it and heard about it long before I ever saw it. We've only seen those. Or only read about those. We've seen one of them, the empty tomb. We believe it to be it or one very similar. And there it is. But there's another one, praise God, that I'm going to be part of. And you know where I'm going, Bible students. 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse number 13, the Bible said, I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Those that be outside of Christ today have no hope of this. They have no hope. And I'm telling you, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Have you met that time in your life? Have you met that time when God changed you from inside out? Listen, it, he's still working on me, but I'm telling you, I'm not the same guy I used to be. But I, and I'm not what I'm going to be, but I'm one of these days when he shall appear, I shall be like him. He said, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even them which are asleep shall God bring with him. Who is that? That's the body that he's going to resurrect. I mean, that's the soul that's going to come back. Now he's going to resurrect the body. Even them which are asleep shall God bring with him. And this we say unto you by the word of the Lord. Concerning them which are asleep that we shall not prevent them which are asleep. We'll not precede them. They'll go first. They're first. For Listen. For the trump of the Lord shall sound. So, Nita gave me Gavin's old trumpet. If you ever want to hear a trumpet that, son, it's at my house. <laughs> and when there's nobody around, I get that thing out. You need to show me some things on it, because I don't know. I just blow on it and it squeals. I mean, hey, listen, I'm making a racket. But I tell you what I can do. I can blow it in the house, open the door, and the neighborhood dogs can hear it. They go to howling and carrying on. It's about more than they can stand. That's why I don't play it when Pat's at home. Because it'd be more than she could stand. I go to tooting and blowing on that thing. And I'm telling you, it's loud in the house on that hardwood floor when there's nobody there. I thought, you know what? This can't touch what's going to happen one day. You're not going to have to open the door to hear it. And it's not going to matter if you're in the bed. You're going to hear it. Child of God, you're going to hear it. What is that? 
For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ, all of us that's buried them loved ones, should Jesus come this afternoon, we're about to meet them in the sky. Hey, say, I don't believe that. That's because you don't believe the sign. Then we which are alive and remain, Paul indicates there, he thought he would come in his lifetime. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. That's the return. An empty cross is a sign. I don't like crucifixes. I was in a free will Baptist church preaching one time. They had a crucifix hanging on the wall. I got in a big way, turned around, seen that. I said, throw that thing in the garbage. They got all bent out of shape. Somebody's grandma had bought it. I said, he's not on the cross. Get you an empty cross and hang it up there. But don't hang one with him sitting there battered and bruised and beat. He's not on the cross. Cross is empty. Listen, the crypt's empty. The, the country's empty. He's no longer in Israel. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Hey, and one of these days, the church will be empty. The true church. You know why I know that? I read the sign. You know what I do? I believe the sign. Hoy Duncan told us, I forget what year it was, that the Skyline Bridge down there over the bay in Tampa, some barge ran into it and knocked part of the bridge down into the water. And this guy was come like he done every day. He's scooting across the bridge, headed to work. And he sees that the bridge is out. He turns his car sideways, slams on the brakes, put her in park, and starts running up the road going, stop. Stop. And the cars were just whizzing by. Who's this nut job in the road? Boom, 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 boom. And I forget how many automobiles plunged from the top of the Skyline Bridge into Tampa Bay that day, and nobody survived the fall. You know what that guy running up the road was? He was a sign. You know what he's trying to tell them? Look here. The bridge is out. You're going to die if you continue on the way you're going. But they didn't believe what he had to say. It sounded crazy. But there's a few of them. There's a few of them that slammed on the brakes and said, What's he saying? What's that? What is that guy saying? He said the bridge is out. And cars are running off into the water. Stop. So now they're all trying to stop everybody. And eventually they get to roadblock and they're stopping everybody. Too late for some that wouldn't hear the sign and ran off the bridge. You believe the sign today? You believe the sign? You believe this book's true? If you don't, you're in the majority. The majority don't believe this book's true. I'm staking everything I got on this right here. I'm staking my family on it. I'm staking my church on it. I'm staking myself, my grandson. I'm staking everything I got on this old book. 
it's historically accurate. And every time they try to disprove it, it just proves itself over and over. For years they said there is no such thing as Sodom and Gomorrah. There is no such, there is no evidence of Sodom and Gomorrah. Somebody's digging in the dirt around the Dead Sea and they find a coin. And you know what the coin said on one side? Sodoma. You know what it said on the other side? Gomorrah. You know what that was? That was the cash of that day. That was the coin, coinage of that day. That's what you could buy with was the coin Sodoma and Gomorrah. Somebody had to back up and punt right there. Well, it might be true. You reckon? There'll be a lot of people that's not going to go, and I believe I'm confirmed. I mean, I'm just I'm pretty dogmatic about the rapture of the church. Some aren't. I won't fight over that. You can stay here if you want to. I'm leaving. But there's one thing for certain in this. said every knee's going to bow and every tongue's going to confess. Of things in heaven, of things in the earth, and things under the earth. That pretty much covers it all. So if you think you'll never bow before him, you're dead wrong, according to that book. Do you want to risk it and wait and find out when it's too late? Come on, brother. I don't know. I don't know. God gave me this message for this day at this time. There's signs, there's signs up and down our highways. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's nearly polluted with signs. It'll tell you where you can get this, where you can get that. I mean, there's an old song, I don't remember who sang it, but it said, signs, signs everywhere, a sign. That's what we got. But there's one sign that's greater than any sign that's ever been given, and it's called the Holy Bible. Randy said it when we prayed this, this morning before I preached. Search me and try me, O Lord, and see if there be any wicked way in me. How do I know that? I look in the mirror of this book. And this book shows me where Mike McCoy's wrong, and I'm wrong in a lot of things. But I'm right in the most important thing. I'm right in my Savior. And I've trusted him with everything I got. I'm dependent on him. Who are you depending on? What are you going to do when your little car is running down the road and the bridge is out? Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? Folks say, I had a boy tell me one time, I'm going to live like the devil till I get right up to the point of dying. And then I'm going to call on the Lord and be saved. I said, you'll die lost. No man can come unto me except the Father which has sent me. Draw him. If you feel a tug and a draw today and you know, you know beyond a shadow of doubt you've never really been saved, you ought to make this the day that you call upon the name of the Lord. And say, God, you don't have to know. John 3, 16, all you got to know is you're a sinner. He's the Savior. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's what the old publican said. And Jesus said he went down to his house justified. And we're justified by faith. We're going to stand. She's going to play on. She bow your heads in the sanctuary today. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.